Section 12 of Stories from the Operas by Gladys Davidson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Guno Faust. In a certain city of Germany during the early years of the sixteenth century, a lonely student sat in his laboratory late one night musing on the vanity of all human knowledge and railing at the powerlessness of man to unravel the secret mysteries of nature he was an old man who had spent the whole of his life in the quest of learning and not without considerable success for faust the alchemist the laborious student of magic and mystery the seeker out of hidden wonders had gained much repute amongst his fellows and was even looked upon with awe but the accumulation of knowledge had brought no satisfaction to his soul for the magic powers he sought were still withheld from him and now as the old man sat in his silent chamber lonely and unloved he felt that his ceaseless toil had been in vain since in the pursuit of learning he had let the joys and beauties of life pass him by and nothing but disappointment remained of what use he thought despairingly was all his vaunted knowledge when it could not bring back to him his lost youth with its faith its enthusiastic glow its raptures its ambitions and its fond dreams of hope and happiness filled with a sudden rage at the impotency of the vain learning he had sacrificed his precious youth to attain the old man seized a goblet containing a poisonous draught and determined to live no longer he was just about to drain its contents when the song of a band of merry peasants on their way to the fields for the day was now dawning arrested him in the fatal act faust put down the goblet with a shaking hand and listened to the fresh young voices of the peasants which unconsciously brought back to him the desire to live but finding that their song was all of love hope and prayer he fell into another paroxysm of rage and called wildly on the powers of evil to come to his aid instantly there was a flash of unearthly light and a terrific crash of thunder and the prince of evil himself stood before him affrighted at this sudden answer to his rash invocation faust shrank back in horror but the demon who clad in brilliant red garments with a flashing sword at his side had taken on the form of a gallant of the period under the name of mephistopheles approached his intended victim and demanded of him in mocking tones what he desired did he want gold or glory or a kingdom the old man shook his head for none of these things had any charm for him and he still feared his awful visitor but at last tempted by the one fierce desire left to him he could restrain himself no longer and passionately implored the demon to bring back to him his lost youth with all its entrancing delights and capacities for sweet enjoyment mephistopheles replied that he had power to grant his wish and could instantly restore him to a glorious youth but for one price only would he do this thing the price of faust's own soul as he spoke the demon drew forth a parchment and requested the old man to sign it 
that it might be an agreement between them but faust hastily drew back hesitating to enter into such a dreadful compact then mephistopheles seeing that further temptation was needed before he could gain his ends caused by his supernatural power a wonderful vision to appear and it seemed to faust that the walls of his chamber suddenly melted away and that in their place he beheld as in a picture a beautiful village maiden who sat spinning beside a cottage door the angelic looks of this lovely maiden filled the heart of faust with a passionate desire to possess her and upon the demon assuring him that this wish should also be gratified if he would agree to his terms the old man seized his pen and recklessly signed the parchment the vision slowly faded away and then the demon taking from the table the discarded poison goblet the contents of which he hastily changed into a magic potion bade his now secured prey to swallow the draught faust eagerly did so and immediately he was transformed from an old man into a handsome youth of noble appearance with quick young blood flowing through his veins and a heart throbbing with impulsive feeling and enjoyment of life he found himself splendidly clad in the rich garments of a noble and plentiful supplied with gold and determined to make the most of the pleasures now brought once again within his grasp the rejuvenated faust sallied forth with his evil companion for mephistopheles had no intention of leaving his victim until the time came to claim him for his own and upon faust impatiently desiring to make the acquaintance of the lovely maiden shown to him in the vision the cunning demon eager to lead him further astray in the paths of evil took him at once to the picturesque old city of nuremberg where the fair object of his passion dwelt in innocence and peace as the two strangers made their way into nuremberg they found that a fair was being held there and in the fair ground at the entrance to the town a very lively scene was taking place gay students pretty maidens old men and prim matrons all clad in holiday attire were laughing chattering and bargaining on every side and the group of soldiers just about to depart for the wars were standing under the trees outside a quaint old inn drinking a gay farewell to their citizen friends amongst these soldiers was a young man named valentine who alone appeared grave amongst the merry throng and on being rallied by his careless companions for his dull spirits he told them that his heart was heavy at the thought of leaving behind him his orphan sister margarita a beautiful and virtuous young maiden who though placed in the charge of a worthy woman would be left many months without her brother's loving care upon hearing this a fair youth named Siebel, who though scarcely more than a boy had already the dauntless spirit of a man came forward and declared enthusiastically that he would guard and watch over margarita as a brother in his stead and valentine somewhat comforted by this assurance pressed his young friend's hand gratefully and joined in the parting merriment of his companions whilst the soldiers were thus singing songs together and drinking their farewell bumpers mephistopheles suddenly joined the group and declared that he would sing them a song also 
and though the revellers shrank back instinctively from the evil-looking stranger they felt themselves powerless to resist his mocking tone of command when the song came to an end mephistopheles began to foretell certain events in the lives of those present and seeing a look of scorn and horror in the eyes of young Siebel, who unconsciously felt the dark stranger to be an enemy he seized the youth's hands and pronounced that every flower he touched henceforth should instantly wither and die then declaring that the wine offered to him was not worthy of the name he struck with his sword a little cask surmounted by an effigy of bacchus which served as a sign to the inn and instantly there gushed forth a stream of rich wine with which the revellers quickly filled their cups but no sooner had they swallowed the strange fluid than they felt it coursing through their veins and mounting to their brain like liquid fire and mephistopheles laughing sardonically at their amazement and discomfiture filled a goblet himself and drank it off to the health of fair margarita enraged at hearing the name of his pure young sister thus lightly uttered by the sinister fortune-telling stranger valentine resentfully drew his sword and rushed upon him followed by siebel and the other gallants standing about but mephistopheles quickly drew a circle around him with the point of his weapon and his assailants then found themselves powerless since their swords instantly snapped in half when thrust within the magic circle seeing that infernal powers were being used against them the gallants held up aloft the hilts of their swords and before the sign of the cross the demon cringed abjectedly and was compelled to retire the soldiers now made their final farewells and went off to join the departing regiment and soon after they had gone mephistopheles again appeared with faust who was by this time all eagerness to see the fair object of his vision in answer to his oft-repeated impatient demand mephistopheles at last pointed to a fair-haired maiden now approaching them with a slow step and downcast eyes a maiden of exquisite beauty with all the charms of guileless innocence and perfect faith it was margarita the beloved sister of valentine and as faust gazed upon her he recognized with rapture the form and features of the lovely maiden shown to him by the demon in his laboratory hurrying forward with delight he bowed gracefully and begged to be allowed to escort her to her home but margarita was accustomed to treat the advances of gallants with coldness and so though her heart throbbed with sudden joy as she met the ardent gaze of the handsome stranger she replied modestly that she was but a humble maiden who needed no such escort she then passed quietly on her way and the discomfited faust gazed after her with eyes of passionate admiration and tender longing for an uncontrollable love for the sweet maiden was already surging in his heart mephistopheles determined to foster and encourage this passion hoping to secure by means of it a second victim in the unconscious margarita whose innocent soul he longed to destroy and late that evening when darkening shadows were beginning to fall he led the willing faust to the humble cottage where the fair maiden dwelt as they approached the flower-laden garden 
the young Siebel came forth and passed down the street for this enthusiastic youth also loved margarita and came to leave flowers for her every evening on this particular evening however he had had a strange experience for each flower he plucked had withered in his hand and remembering the words of the mysterious stranger he had met that afternoon he had been filled with dismay but suddenly he bethought himself to dip his fingers in a little bowl of holy water that was placed within the porch of margarita's cottage and then to his joy he found that the curse was powerless and that the blossoms he gathered after this act remained fresh so laying his offering as usual upon a seat outside the porch he came away and immediately afterwards faust and mephistopheles entered the garden noticing siebel's flowers upon the rustic seat mephistopheles produced a casket of valuable jewels and placed it beside them and then he withdrew with faust into the shadows to watch the result presently the lovely margarita came forth into the garden with a pensive air for she was thinking of the handsome young cavalier who had accosted her in the afternoon and whose passionate glances of admiration had thrilled her through and through and set her maiden heart throbbing so wildly she soon noticed poor siebel's flowers and tenderly laid them aside with an indulgent smile and then seeing the strange casket she took it up wonderingly and opened it an exclamation of childish delight escaped her on beholding the dazzling jewels within and unable to resist the temptation of adorning herself with them she tremblingly clasped the pretty baubles about her snowy neck and arms a little mirror had been artfully laid within the casket and as she gazed at the reflection of herself thus loaded with glittering gems and ropes of priceless pearls she wondered what her noble gallant would think if he could behold her now adorned as a princess just then dame martha the worthy but not very vigilant guardian in whose charge margarita had been left during her brother's absence at the wars came forth from the cottage and admiring the sparkling jewels which margarita now ashamed of her momentary vanity endeavoured to remove she declared that they must have been sent by some noble adorer at this moment faust and mephistopheles came forth from the shadows to which they had retreated and the latter declaring to martha that he had important news for her soon enticed the dame with many flattering phrases to leave her precious charge and to wander with him to one side left alone with margarita faust approached the beautiful maiden eagerly and unable to control his feelings any longer passionately declared his love for her and margarita though she resisted his advances for some time at length gave way to the answering love in her own heart and resigned herself to the tender embraces of the handsome cavalier after this the enraptured lovers frequently met for the fiendish mephistopheles continually encouraged and aided faust in his passionate but lawless pursuit of margarita never once relaxing his demoniacal temptations until the ruin of the poor girl was assured and her innocence destroyed the joys of a rapturous love were not long permitted to the betrayed margarita 
for as the months went on and her dishonour became known she had to submit to the scorn and sneers of her old companions who showed little pity for the frailty of one whose virtue had always been held up to them as a pattern and all avoided her except the faithful Siebel, who still sought to bring comfort to the gentle maiden whom a true and tender love had led astray full of grief and remorse margarita sought refuge in prayer and repentance but even in the church the mocking demon whose cruel temptation she had been unable to resist would find her out and fill her heart with fear and despair it was whilst margarita was praying one evening in the church near a humble cottage home that the soldiers returned from the wars and the brave valentine who had covered himself with glory in the campaign upon arriving in the town at once set off to receive the praises and greetings of his beloved sister at the door of the cottage however he was met by the unhappy Siebel, from whose agitated words he quickly learned of what had happened during his absence and full of grief and anger he rushed within to pour forth reproaches upon the erring sister who had thus brought a stain upon his name Siebel ran to the church to acquaint margarita with her brother's return and no sooner had he gone than mephistopheles appeared with faust who was still unable to keep away from the fair maiden he had betrayed he was however sad and remorseful and it was his evil companion who to entice margarita from her chamber struck a guitar and sang a light serenade beneath the window when the song came to an end valentine rushed out from the cottage sword in hand and knowing that the betrayer of his sister stood before him he challenged faust to combat instantly their blades clashed together and faust aided by the diabolical intervention of mephistopheles quickly overcame his opponent and valentine fell to the ground mortally wounded at this moment Siebel and margarita came forth from the church and seeing what had happened the wretched maiden with a loud cry of woe flung herself upon the prostrate body of her brother beseeching him to have mercy and pardon her but valentine roughly flung her from him declaring that her sin had slain him and with his last breath he cursed her passionately as he fell back lifeless horror-stricken at this awful calamity of which she was the cause the unhappy margarita was filled with unutterable grief and despair and her already harassed mind giving way under the weight of woe now fallen upon it in a sudden fit of mad frenzy she took the life of the poor babe who was soon afterwards born to her for this terrible though unconscious act she was immediately flung into prison and condemned to death but even as she lay in the gloomy cell awaiting her execution her weary soul worn out with suffering and grief was already preparing to leave its earthly abode faust was now filled with remorse and despair for the sad fate the gratification of his selfish passion had brought upon the beautiful maiden who had loved him so tenderly and on the night before the execution aided by mephistopheles he gained access to her cell and eagerly besought her to fly with him but at first margarita whose mind was still wandering scarcely heeded what was said to her 
and then as her thoughts grew clearer and her gaze suddenly fell on the sinister form of mephistopheles who looked upon her exultingly with eyes like coals of fire she realized the danger of this new temptation to return to a life of sin and spurned her lover's offer before the return of valentine she had begun to place her reliance in prayer and repentance and now these holier feelings once more gained the ascendancy over her and she fell upon her knees to pray it was in vain that the despairing faust implored her to escape with him and the exulting demon tempted her to yield and at last with a final prayer for pardon and mercy she fell back upon her wretched couch and expired at their feet mephistopheles uttered a cry of fiendish triumph but at that moment a chorus of angelic voices was heard proclaiming forgiveness for the repentant sinner whose faithful prayers had reached the mercy seat on high faust awed and overcome with sorrow sank to his knees in prayer and as the evil spirit thus balked of his expected prey shrank back defeated the prison walls opened and the released and ransomed soul of margarita was borne upwards to its celestial home end of section twelve